Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, April 2nd, 2021. I am Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. Yes, you are. And make sure that you're on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Broadway Radio for all the good things that are good. <laughs> I could have been more creative, but I didn't. Well said. Yeah, well said. <laughs> very, very descriptive. Yeah, we're going to get into some news before we get into some reviews and recommendations. So I'll start with some upsetting Asian American hate. Um oh. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm going to we're going to go off. Um, So multiple theaters are revoking their membership to the L.A. Stage Alliance after errors that were made last night during the Ovation Awards. So Julie Lee was nominated for an Ovation Award, and it was her first nomination for her performance in Hannah and the Dread Gazebo, a play that featured an entirely Asian-American company. However, upon the award announcement, her husband noticed that uh, the photo that they put up was not her face and they had also mispronounced her name it was pretty embarrassing obviously for her because it's kind of a consistent thing that like the, a shock comes over you for a moment because when yeah. her husband told her um hey this is that's not you it's pretty embarrassing but she's also like supposed to be excited about this award anyways um east west players revoked their membership immediately followed by uh, the center theater group and a noise within la stage alliance apologized to lee on social media and in a private email and the lasa person who was responsible for the air is no longer with the company that's good news i guess um but we're also later in the show we're also going to talk about even more la stage alliance um issues but reading this i thought you know, this comes at a time when we're obviously for many, for good reasons, finally talking about Asian American erasure, especially in the arts. And for this to have happened right now, it should never happen in general. Um, but for it to have happened right now was uh, hard for me to see because yeah. it's it's shocking, but it's also like, well, of course you think all of our faces look the same. You think that all of our names are interchangeable and or sound weird and you don't take the time to look them up or whatever it is. It's all ridiculous and it's nonsense and it should not stand and it definitely should not happen in the theater anymore. Yeah. Now, I tend to be probably overly forgiving for good faith mistakes. We all screw up. Yeah. I, I screw up in big ways and small ways on the daily and it really bugs me when I see people go after other folks who make simple, honest, good faith errors, especially over on the bird app. It really frustrates me. Uh huh. But this is not that. Now, right. I could understand if it was just a case of like the presenter stumbling and screwing up the name. Like my last name has been pronounced a bazillion different ways. I know how easy it is to screw up somebody's name. I do it all the time on this show. But the difference is. On today on Broadway, we have like a few hours to find the pronunciation of a name and there might not be a video of someone saying the name online anywhere, which is confusing and problematic and infuriating. But again, this is not that when you have weeks or even months to get this right. Yeah, right. And then not only do you screw up the name, but then you also put the wrong picture up. It shows a, a concerted lack of care and consideration for that individual, especially because Grace, you know how these things work. It's not like one person did this and nobody saw it until it aired. Multiple right. people had to sign off on this. This is not a simple oversight. Now, I don't think that there was anything malicious in this. I don't think that there was somebody who went out and said, I'm going to purposely no. screw over Julie Lee. <laughs> but this is why systemic racism continues today and is so 
unchecked, especially in spaces that are like dominated with self-identified liberals and progressives, because we allow things that are non-malicious to kind of just skate by, you know, we, as in the white majority who is almost uniformly in power, we dismiss them as, oh, that's embarrassing, but it's a forgivable, it's a forgivable little oopsie rather than being like this perfect summation of the barrage of microaggressions that women, black, indigenous and people of color. And in this case, an Asian American woman Mm -hmm. have to go through on a daily basis. So I understand screwing up. I'm the king of screwing up. I've screwed up more and bigger than literally anyone I know, but we can't ignore stuff like this and just shrug our shoulders. We have to keep people and powerful institutions like LASA accountable. Mm -hmm. I'm not somebody who likes to call for people to get fired uh, at all. I mean, if I have to, you know, of course we will, but this has Mm -hmm. to be addressed with a level of severity that it deserves. And I know I'm the white guy preaching about this to an (laughs) Asian American woman, but I I just felt like it needed to be acknowledged from all sides. Grace. Yeah, I no, no, I really agree with you. I think that like, it's not that we are quote, and I hate this term canceling anyone or institution or thing. It's it's more so like we we can't just sit back and be like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah, that was just like a mix. That was a mix up. Like yeah. it's it's perpetuating this thing. And and so I'm glad I'm glad that we've talked about it. Uh before we get into the rest of the show and uh, berating you with LASA news, we're gonna take a moment and talk about our sponsor, Audible. So Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment all in one place. At Audible, you can find the largest selection of audiobooks, original entertainment from top celebrity creators, and thousands of popular and binge-worthy podcasts. Their newest plan, Audible Plus, gives you full access to their popular Plus catalog. And now you can listen all you want to thousands and thousands and probably more thousands popular audiobooks, original entertainment, and podcasts. You listen to podcasts you're listening right now. I know you like it, including ad-free versions of your favorite shows and exclusive series. Yeah, there are so many great things on Audible. And there's one thing I've been talking about Audible so much over the past few weeks that I'm a little annoyed with myself that I haven't brought up Alexandra Silber's After Anna Tevka Live. As longtime listeners will know, Al was my first ever guest on Tell Me More, and she did a live reading of her Fiddler on the Roof sequel after Anna Tevka, featuring Sheldon Harnick, her Fiddler on the Roof co-star Samantha Massell, um, Ellie Fishman, Kirsten Anderson, Ben Moss, Matthew Scott, and more. And it's fantastic. And if you love Al as much as we do, you should check this out on Audible. She's amazing. Visit audible.com slash Broadway Radio or text Broadway Radio to 500-500. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Broadway Radio or text Broadway Radio to 500-500. One more time, visit audible.com slash Broadway Radio or text Broadway Radio to 500-500 to start your 30-day free trial today. All right, let's get into some more LA Stage Alliance Oof. bullshit. Um, <laughs> Deaf West Theater Company, who by the way, I freaking love, is the latest company to revoke their membership. The company released a statement on their social media. Highly recommend that you read the whole thing, but it's basically standing for access and inclusion. In their statement, they revealed that their request for captions and or an ASL interpreter for the awards ceremony that we referenced earlier was ignored. How do you do, like, one, how do you do that in, as I think you said the other night, the year of our Lord 2021, and- (laughs) Especially how do you do that when you know one of the most influential, if not like honestly, the most influential theater company in Los Angeles 
specifically geared towards deaf performers. Like I just maybe yeah, there are actors that were nominated yeah. could not um, have access to this award ceremony, their crew, um, including their audience members who actively participate in these awards. Yeah could not enjoy them. And I just wonder, like, why are we gatekeeping any of this? <laughs> yeah. Now, look, I understand that, like, there's probably financial concerns for organizations right now, because uh, especially with the pandemic. And I get that, like, th times is hard, as Mrs. Lovett says. But, like, figure it out. Like, you could find ways to make this work. They might have someone there that would volunteer. Exactly. Like, we don't know. <laughs> exactly. Like, this is not a difficult thing to get figured out. And I know that these award ceremonies are a huge deal in these communities, the ovation awards, like when we met, you, you, pro you probably know the Susie Bass awards in, in Atlanta, like these things are a huge deal and they take a lot of work, but I'm starting to think that perhaps maybe the LA stage Alliance is not the organization that should be leading such a prestigious awards uh, ceremony mm -hmm. in the second largest city in the country. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to be scrambling. What is it now? Four theater companies after last night are revoking uh, the membership. Who knows? And maybe there's even more since then. Exactly. And now it's growing. So there's obviously going to be a change in leadership for hopefully. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll keep you guys posted if we see anything else about it. Um, on to Matt's favorite subject, award <laughs> postponement. <laughs> I've made this up for you. This one, this one, this one I'm not as mad about. Yeah, but it's still... <laughs> Such a, okay. Um, the Pulitzer Prize Board announced that they are postponing their 2021 award winners announcement. Originally, it was scheduled for Monday, April 19th, 2021. The prizes in journalism, books, drama, and music will now be announced Friday, June 11th at uh, 1 p.m. 2021 this year, thank God. So not a huge postponement. Yeah. There's a date on the calendar. We don't even have that for the Tonys, so. Right, and it's like less than two, or it's like, uh, less than two months later. It's not like some nebulous date in the future. And and I'm not super worried about this one. Now, if they push it back TBD for maybe in 2022, then I'll start doing a countdown for the Pulitzers too. But right now, the Tonys are the one that are on my uh, my hit list. <laughs> there you go. So the new drama bookshop is coming to 39th Street. I'm so excited about oh, yeah. this. I, first of all, I love bookstores. I just love oh. being in them. I love the smell of them. I love that they sell socks at the front. You know what I mean? Like, I love that they just like they just encapsulate so much about like New York. And and anyways, I could go on um, a move from the fame drama bookshop has been like a long time coming. We've probably talked about it on the show. Many They've times. been talking about reopening Lin-Manuel Miranda being like, here's my dowry. Uh, now the beloved <laughs> store is getting ready to open its doors at a new home. 266 West 39th Street between 7th and 8th Avenues. The legendary shop's new home will be one block away from its last location. So if you went there before and you notice there's a Taco Bell there now, don't worry. It's going to be a block away, um, still in the heart of the theater district. And you can see also their social media renderings are fantastic. I'll try to repost them on our mm -hmm. socials as well. Yeah, so, so exciting. I've spent way too much money at the drama bookshop in the past, and I look forward to doing it again in the future. Can't wait. Uh, also, if they still have that cat, I wonder how the cat's doing. Well, I'm allergic to cats, so I'm just saying. Oh, Matt, not. everyone has flaws. <laughs> All right, we're going to, our final bit of news is about the Matilda musical film cast, which I feel like you and I have covered a couple of times. Yeah. I don't know if you know any of these actors, but here we go. Um, Stephen Graham, who I know best from Boardwalk Empire as Al Capone, and Andrea Riseborough have been announced to play the roles of Mr. and Mrs. Wormwood, which I found very interesting, um, for the upcoming Matilda film adaptation, according to The Hollywood Reporter and 
Indian comedian Sindhu V has been cast as Mrs. Phelps, the librarian. Um, they're all British people. It seems they're all BBC peeps. So I was, I was a little like, Oh, I need to look these people up. Um, so there you go. Yeah. Never, never heard of any of them. Okay. Well, I'm excited to see them in this movie musical because I love Matilda. So I hope that they're doing it justice and doing all the right castings because it seems like they are. So there you go. Um, Now we're going to talk about some reviews and recommendations. Yeah, Grace, I a few weeks ago talked about seeing Swamp Motel's um, interactive murder mystery thing, Plymouth Point. Um, And you had a chance to do it on Wednesday. Um, And I want to talk to you. I wanted to hear how you did it because you did it slightly differently than I did. I admitted when I did it that I was just doing it by myself, which is not how they recommend it. You, because you actually have friends, did it with other people. (laughs) So first off, give me your thoughts about it. And how did the interactive part of it go as well? So I played this game with theater people that I know are gamers. So because I was like, I'm looking for your feedback as a gamer person and as a theater person, because I think that that is kind of a good gauge on like how this will go, Um, because I'm not good at games and I famously don't go to dinner theater. So immerse the word immersive makes my skin crawl because I go, oh, no, 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 I'm I'm seeing a show or I'm having dinner. I am not doing both like I'm not (laughs) immersed in anything. Um, Yeah. yeah. So the whole interesting thing about the game is that we were taken on this like story, but we completed it in under an hour and a half, you know, with a group. It was nice because, you know, one person was looking this stuff up. The other person was, um, yeah, because it's, I mean, it's a game. Like, you're you're trying to find yeah. out what's going on with this person because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody and we want people to play. My only, like, kickback on it is that because you're using your computer and then your phone, it made me, a, outside of the game, like, they've set up, like, obviously, like, very real websites, like, to go to and then, um, like, a Facebook page and all these things, Right. But like, that's still part of my algorithm. And like, I got nervous about like the phone call and all that stuff, because I'm like, I don't like that. These people now have my phone number. Like, I don't like that. These people now have like, they could send me data cookies because I've looked this person up and watched this YouTube video. You know what I mean? So it's like, because there's all these like rabbit holes, which are very exciting game wise, it made me a little uncomfortable. It took me out of the game for a minute because I was like, but I'm using like my stuff. It's not like when you go to an escape room, everything's within the room. Like you're not like, oh, this is going to be now I'm going to get ads for whatever. Or, you know, so that was my only takeaway was like, I felt like if they had put a little bit more time in maybe constructing it on a more closed circuit, I would feel more comfortable, comfortable as a viewer and participant to do more of them. Does that make sense? Yeah, that is not something that ever bothers me because I feel like (laughs) big tech knows everything about everybody. And generally, like when you sign up for these things, we obviously had press tickets. But like when people sign up for things, generally they're giving them their phone number anyway. And Mm -hmm. like so at this point, I just give over like that's the thing we talked about with TikTok before, I think like. China mm-hmm. China knows everything about me anyway. They've got a camera in my office right now watching me, I'm sure. So, like, that doesn't bother me. But for somebody who is conscientious about that, um, as it seems like you are, I totally, totally understand that. Uh, all right. The other review that we want to do is actually um, a, a quite a big deal in, in the theater community. It is the, quote, virtual Broadway revival of Amore. It is available online starting today, Friday, April 2nd, and it is available just through Sunday, 
April 4th. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you get your tickets at StellarTickets.com. We will have a link. They are all $20. Um, now, Grace, this is a musical that was on Broadway in 2003. It is set in Paris, where Du Soleil, who is played by Drew Galing, is a nerdy civil servant, but also a dreamer who discovers that he can walk through walls, which allows him to give bread and jewels to the deserving bourgeoisie as he gains confidence to win over the beautiful Isabel, played by Christiane Pitts. From her unhappy marriage, Du Soleil's magic approach to life makes the world better for his co-workers and other Parisian locals. In addition to Galing and Pitts, Amour features Derek Baskin, Kara Lindsay, Kevin Massey, Adam Pascal, Jennifer Sanchez, Tom Sesma, Vishal Vaidia, and Rachel York, and the score is by the late Michelle Legrand. Now, Grace, they are calling this, as I said, the virtual Broadway revival of Amour, and despite the fact that it was nominated for five Tony Awards back in 2003, including what? Best Musical. <laughs> um, it starred Melissa Errico and Malcolm Getz as Isabelle and Dusselet. Um, it featured Louis Cleal, Norm Lewis, uh, and was the Broadway uh, debut of Christopher Fitzgerald. Also, Jessica Hendy and Christian Borle were understudies in the, uh, in the show. Um, mm -hmm. Despite all of that, I can't see this actually ever being revived on Broadway. Oh. But I actually think like that's a really good selling point for this production and might be why they chose this show. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you'll be able to see it at encores at some point. Mm -hmm. But but like this is not a show that you are going to have very many opportunities to see with a cast this talented. This stacked. Yeah. No, I didn't look up anyone that was in the show prior to starting the, the stream, which was excellent, by the way, we'll get into that. But what was interesting is that like I started it and the way that it begins, you don't see the cast yet and you just hear, and I know sh I am this much of a waitress fan. I went, that's, that's Drew Galing's timbre. I know it. I know it out of, I know it out of air. I can feel it. That's him. And then of course the, it starts, the music starts to swell and it's the opening number. And then I was like, that that's also Adam Pask. That's Adam Pascal. Oh, yeah, There's no question. Yeah, yeah. You can't miss him at all. But I was so I was like patting myself in the back. I was just like, OK, let me see if I can get this cast before they actually come out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the way that they constructed this was so incredibly impressive to me, like physically with everyone like in costume, everyone's light setups was a little shaky, like as far as like uh, quality, like everyone had different levels. Of, yeah. And, um, we, and we should say how they do it is, is these, they are all remote. They're all in their own yeah. homes, so to speak, except I will say, uh, Carol Lindsay and Kevin Massey yeah. are married, so I'm assuming they were together. Um, they but were, but their lighting was different. And I was like, Kevin, share your good light. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Kara deserves that good light. I love me some Carol Lindsay. Um, but they did it in front of this, like, you know, really bright and vibrant green screen. It was it was fairly obvious that it was a green screen. And sometimes people's head got cut off, which is fine for what it is. But like it was it was it was impressive, like technically how people would walk in front of each other and stand in front of each other. And you're like, oh, I didn't think that you could do that with a green screen. Yeah. The way that they were able to frame and edit all of these people kept me in the show, which I think is so difficult in these times and so important. And I, I really enjoyed watching everyone seemingly work together, even though they weren't. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how I'm sure they did rehearsals and stuff, but like it actually felt as cohesive of a show as you can get in, you know, the times of COVID uh, without people actually being on stage. And, you know, uh, the score by Legrand is, 
it kind of matched the the green screen backgrounds and sets. I mean, it was very vibrant and buoyant and colorful. There's not a single melody um, in that show that I'm going to remember now, having watched it like six, seven hours ago. Like, I'm not going to remember that music. It's just not the type of music that I'm going to emotionally connect with and really get into. But for an hour and a half, Grace, with this cast, like... Mm -hmm. It was really fun and entertaining. And like I said, I don't know that you're ever going to see it more anywhere again. I would not guarantee that. Um, so having a chance to see all of these folks uh, in this show is uh, is a really cool opportunity, especially for 20 bucks. Yeah, I thought that that was a great like it made me want to see other remote Broadway revivals. Like if I was like, OK, if this is possible, I would love to see this more often, even when we're uh, we're able to like, you know, do shows in person. Like, I think that this would be a wonderful fundraising opportunity or if we could show like community theaters how to do this. Like, um, I just really enjoyed watching people that I enjoy watching on stage all the time anyways in my bedroom. That sounded creepy. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially when uh, Du Soleil can walk through walls. I mean, that makes it even more creepy if he just shows up in your bedroom. But... He's, you know what? I've, I've seen Drew in an elevator. He's too tall. He's too tall. <laughs> For me, I can't yeah, do it. You're you're Maybe. not the tallest of folks, so uh, I'm also not Julia Madison, who is his girlfriend. So. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah Broadway's Broadway's uh, Julia Madison. Yes. Oh gosh. On that note, thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. Don't forget about our Patreon, Broadway Radio, for lots of exclusive goodies and, of course all of this today on Broadway patreon.com slash Broadway radio you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at all hours of the night at it's Grace Aki Matt where can people find you they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt thank you guys so much have a great day we'll talk to you later